Hello and welcome to Second Acts. I'm your host, Linwood Lawton, and I'm here with my favorite media analyst, Parker Enix Ross. Hi, Parker. Hello. Parker, when I was trying to put together some ideas for this particular podcast, uh, and with the coronavirus being obviously the main topic of almost everybody's conversations these days, it's uh, intruded on almost every aspect of our lives. I thought I might do something on, say, uh, movies that had a, uh, a virus theme to it. Um, I remember there was one a few years ago called, uh, well, you could just you know, name any virus or name any, anything that you want. But then I figured that in this, these times, it was difficult for me to come out with a way that that would be entertaining and that it would be in poor taste. What, what, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? So I've been on Twitter on the feeds and you see a lot of people making contagion jokes and a lot of kind of apocalypse. So it's Mad Max out there. So we got to stock up on all the things. And I kind of get the desire to joke about it to kind of alleviate that stress and alleviate that pressure. But it is, you know, a very serious thing. Um, You know, people uh, are coming down with the virus. People need to take precautions. They need to be aware and kind of, you know, keep that in mind and keep that level of seriousness and not completely dismiss it because when you dismiss it, that's kind of how these things spread is because people don't take the necessary steps and they don't take those precautions. I was in Costco earlier today and uh, there's no toilet paper. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why. (laughs) I didn't think that, you know, getting the runs was uh, one of the aspects of the coronavirus, but why there's no toilet paper, why there's no uh, uh, tissue paper, you know, like Kleenex and things like that. But there's plenty of paper towels, plenty of napkins, both paper products, you know, and, and you would think that there wouldn't be any paper towels and napkins because of the idea of washing your hands right. often that you <laughs> that you would run out of uh, that you would run out of those items. But in any case, we're not going to do that. That that's uh, something I would have to put a lot more thought into about doing um, doing a feature on movies like Contagion and and films of that nature. Uh, maybe we will at some point, but but not now. What I would like to talk about are some of the things that you've seen um, that are that are streaming that are out right now and things that you think our audience would be interested in. So I've got a couple of different shows on uh, across some streaming platforms, primarily Amazon Prime and Netflix are, are the main two. And people are you know, a little cautious about going out. They want to stay in. I think these are some quality shows that give people uh, something to do in these times. And the first one I want to start off with, I watched the pilot for Hunters, which is on Amazon Prime. And that has uh, stars Al Pacino and Logan Lerman. Uh, Audiences my age may remember uh, Logan Lerman from the Percy Jackson movies, which tried to be the, the next Harry Potter and did not entirely pan out. And then, of course, Al Pacino is Al Pacino. And this movie, or not not this movie, this uh, TV series, rather, is about uh, Logan Lerman's protagonist, uh, Noah, who is, uh, his grandmother is killed by an assailant. 
and he finds out that the assailant was a uh, Nazi hiding out in America in the 1970s. So the movie takes place around 1977 and Al Pacino kind of inducts him into his gang of Nazi hunters. And it's, uh, it's getting mixed reviews, I think, because people expected it to be more uh, a straightforward drama than the tone it sets is. And it's very much more in line with like an almost Tarantino-esque take on it. Um, so people, well, what do you mean by but what do you mean by that? I mean the the violence is kind of uh, it, uh, not exaggerated, but it's really hyper violent. It's that kind of stylized over the top uh, level of violence in when they're out hunting the Nazis, and the Nazis themselves are almost like caricatures of villains, and they're not played as. Um, I don't want to say they're not as serious because they are Nazis, but the kind of tone is less of a historical drama about these events and more of like, oh, it feels like a comic book. It feels more pulpy, more um, kind of playing fast and loose with this, uh, the series of events. It's claimed to be based off historical events, and that's kind of a very loose. Well, when you said Tarantino esque. It's does it have elements of Inglorious Bastards in it? Is it that type of? Yeah, um, it's just you know kind of very over the top violence, and the characters take a, they're gleeful in administering this violence, both on the side of the Nazis and this kind of this mix of kind of Jewish people and other minorities who have been who would be maligned by a Nazi rise to power taking hold in America. There's an African American character. Yes. And a, uh, obviously Jewish characters. Yes. Okay. Um who else is you you had mentioned other than Pacino's um the other actors or the other yeah, the other actors who were in it. What was the person's name? You said the the person whose grandmother Die. Logan Lerman. Okay. So he's kind of a younger actor um, who hasn't been in a lot, and mainly, like I said, uh, the Percy Jackson movies. Uh, they're they're a uh, group of actors who kind of got big after the success of Harry Potter when they tried to adapt young adult fiction series. Uh, kind of that's where a lot of younger actors got their start. Robert Patterson got it with Harry Potter, Jennifer Lawrence with Hunger Games, uh, Ansel Eggcourt, who's in Baby Driver, is also in Hunger Games. So this kind of crop of actors who now have to branch out after those series have kind of ended and are now trying to gain more prominent roles. So you said you saw the pilot and you liked it? I did. I I wasn't as put off by the kind of tone it set, uh, mainly because I just kind of enjoy that kind of the humor that was presented and the kind of stylized action. And I'm just not too bothered by the portrayal of Nazis as these kind of caricatures. It's almost uh, in the vein of like an inglorious bastards. Um, and it doesn't bother me and at the end of the day you know nazis are still getting killed so it's not a glorified it's not trying to portray sympathetic nazis or i don't think it makes light of nazis um but i could see someone having a different interpretation of that just based on the kind of the sensitivity and especially in a modern day context right um that i i think that criticism is valid and and you could make the argument that the tone just d 
doesn't work because the show does try to play into serious moments, like when the protagonist's grandmother dies and they have a funeral scene, but then at the end of it, it's kind of wacky off the rails, and kind of, so the tone shift may bother other people. All right, let's move on to uh, to Altered Carbon. That's another streaming show on, is it um, Netflix? That That is Netflix. All right. And... But I know before we, well, I, I know that you are very interested in science fiction. Yes. Would it be fair to say that that's one of your favorite genres? Yes. I'm constantly fascinated with just what you can get out of science fiction because they don't all have to, science fiction can cover a broad spectrum of things. You can get things like Star Trek, um, which is kind of very optimistic, very focused on the exploration and the humanity, but then you get science fiction like Blade Runner, which is really set on very specific ideas of, you know, man and machine and kind of those interactions. And then you get Star Wars, which people will argue is science fantasy and not fiction. But to me, it's just the the pure adventure and the kind of the wild uh, vastness of the exploration and the characters and the alien designs and the ship designs, which is what I loved as a child. So I always kind of get to look out for really good science fiction because I think when it's done well and you get that mix of the cool setting and the ideas, you get something very interesting. And so Altered Carbon was a show uh, that I had started. Again, I'd seen the pilot for it. And it was interesting enough that I think I'll continue to it, although it is a much slower build than something like Hunters, which establishes its premise right away, uh, almost to a very set formula of like, this is it, and we're, this is the incident that's getting our hero in, and we're moving, and it doesn't waste a lot of time. Uh, who is in Altered Carbon? Who are so, some of the people? Will we be familiar with some of the people uh, who are in it? So uh, Joel Kinnaman, who is uh, his most prominent role was as Gambit in X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is not a great movie. Um, and that's the kind of the main star for this first season. But the premise of Alter Carbon involves people kind of transplanting uh, the minds of people into other bodies, kind of a mind hopper in the future science fiction thing. So in season two, they bring in Anthony Mackie, which audiences will be much more familiar with uh, due to his role in The Avengers. So it's kind of trying to work up to that season because I personally just like Anthony Mackie's work. But it's Ultra Carbon is really a show, and I can see this just from the pilot. You need to have watched the first season. You can't just jump in jump at into season it, right. two. I was going to ask you, is this a bingeable movie for those of us who are staying home due to the um, safety concerns about the coronavirus? Yes, this this is kind of one of those you're going to sit down, but thanks to Netflix's formula, you can just go through the episodes, so you can just kind of knock them out back to back to back to back. Okay. Um which is kind of a benefit of these streaming platforms. And a lot of shows now are kind of written and engineered with that in mind to just people are going to watch this all at once. And that can be a positive and a negative. Um, it kind of, you have to write it really one way or another. You either, either it's episodic or 
we're just doing them all. And you like it. You, 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 yes. You're a big, I'm, I'm going to see it out to to get to season two and get to the... A little bias because of your, you're working on a science fiction script currently, correct? Yes, I'm trying a, a hand at it. And it, as part of that, you kind of want to consume as much in that genre just for idea purposes, seeing the structure. And you try to uh, consume as much quote, good science fiction is as possible for references. All right. Third, third on our list is The Witcher. Yes. So The Witcher is a series. Uh, it's both a video game series and a series of novels. Now, you didn't tell me it was a video game when we were preparing this. No, it's it's both. The video game bit of it is actually more... Uh, popular because the novels were originally written in Polish and then translated into English. Oh, really? Okay. And then the rights to the books were bought by a video game company who's adapted the the games. Got it. And okay. the games are wildly successful. I've played, I own all of them. I've only really played the third because mechanically they were very complicated <laughs> in the older ones. And the third one is the most streamlined and the easiest one to access from, um, from a player standpoint. But they center on a character called Geralt of Rivia, who is uh, effectively a bounty hunter, very much like if you think Clint Eastwood in The Man, uh, those Western movies like The Fistful of Dollars and uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And he is a professional monster killer. And he kind of goes... And he, you know, he fights monsters, but he himself has, witchers have this, uh, in order to be a witcher, you have to go through this mutation process and it alters, physically alters your body. So, of course, he is hated as this kind of aberration and monster, but he protects people. Uh, so you have that kind of dichotomy. And then it, there are layers of politics to the kind of fantasy world that that he lives in is it fair to say that the witcher also is is somewhat uh, it's science fiction as well correct yes it's it would be like in if you weren't to go into the barnes and noble section these books would be in science fiction fantasy one of the things that i have noticed and do like about science fiction is how much they uh make comments on society yes and and, and particularly discrimination fish out of water it's I don't mean to trivialize it, but, you know, discrimination against somebody who's who's uh, not in the main or not. Or right. Or, that or, is uh, one of the things I really like about science fiction is you can use it to make a commentary on real world events. Uh, Star Trek famously would comment on U.S.-Russia relations, race relations. Uh, you know, every Star Trek has that one really good episode where they kind of highlight those examples. Right. Um, Westworld kind of does it with slavery and human rights and even uh, comics, which are not, uh, which can veer into science fiction. X-Men famously uh, started off as a civil rights allegory in the modern day. It's kind of shifted into uh, a representation for LGBT peoples. It's kind of almost integral to the nature of science fiction to make that commentary. And uh, the in, in the Witcher sense, it kind of 
there are elements of that as well, but um, a lot of fantasy now has started to incorporate these political structures and these kind of themes to create a more complex world and a more, uh, I don't want to say believable, but more layered world. And is it is is The Witcher in its first season or yes? So okay. the first season is all out, all on Netflix. And if audiences are still looking for something in a vein of a Game of Thrones with that kind of political intrigue and that grayer morality, uh, I think Witcher might be a decent substitute. It isn't, you know, obviously it's not a one for one comparison. And Witcher does have an audience that should know this going in. Kind of um, a lot of altered timeline so events in one episode do not necessarily it's not a sequential order of events some things take place before and after and I did not know that going into the show (laughs) right and so even having played the games and read one of the books it's still a little confusing to go wait what's trying to piece it all together but I think Henry Cavill is really good oh he's an okay yes he's the lead and Mm -hmm. he's very good in it right and uh Again, the benefit to these Netflix shows are the seasons, maybe between eight to ten episodes. Episodes are about an hour, so you watch two. If it's not, if you're not into it, you can just move on, and it's not a without the kind of the commercials and it's right. not a huge investment, investment of time, right? And we have Castlevania. So Castlevania is uh, another series based off of video game these games i have not played these games are old they were on the super nintendo entertainment system and they were a series of kind of exploration games that netflix kind of got adapted they were the adaptation was show run by warren ellis who's a big uh comic book writer he also did uh the boys on amazon which i have not seen but we'll get to one of these days and it centers around uh, the central character, Trevor Belmont, who's descended from a family of vampire hunters, and his quest to kill Dracula. Because if you're a family of vampire hunters, you, That's end, what up, you, do. you end up killing Dracula. And uh, what got me into it was just the animation is very good. It's very kind of stylized. It's very graphic in a sense of like a horror movie very violent so just audiences should know it is technically a cartoon but don't let your young kids watch castlevania they're not going to have a good time is it is it strictly animation or is it like um you know animation mixed with live action or is it strictly animation it's strictly but it is not for children it is definitely not for children um but this of all the shows, this is probably the breeziest to get through because the seasons are, again, short. The first season is six episodes, and the episodes themselves are about a half an hour. So you could knock... It has three seasons, and you could knock them out in a day and a half. Um, but they're they're good. It's just a lot of uh, breezy fun. They're not as kind of in-depth narratively. Uh, they're more kind of straightforward. They're... Uh, they're kind of set on we we got to kill Dracula and here's how we're going to do it and then proceed. Uh, but it's just inter- it's just enjoyable and I try to kind of expand my horizons on animation. Uh, it's an area I don't have as much experience in and trying to get a feel for it. Things I like, things I enjoy. Uh, 
and it was uh, easy enough to to pick up and watch. And all right, to recap, Hunters is on Amazon Prime, and then we have Altered Carbon, Netflix, and then we have The Witcher, Netflix. And then we have Castlevania. Yes. Um, so the, those last That's two on, are Netflix. Oh, okay. The last two are Netflix. Um, one of the things I'm into that people, uh, well, if you're, if you're a fan, you probably already know this. If not, you'd have to go back. I'm a big fan of Homeland, and it's in its eighth and final season. One of the things I loved about Homeland and still do is how they adapted that show to current events. So season seven takes place essentially right around the time of the election in 2016. Um, this isn't giving anything away because fans would know it if you go back and see it. Uh, a woman is elected president in season seven and there's all kinds of mayhem that happens. Right. Uh, and it was just a really good season. Season eight has a lot to do with... Um, the trials and tribulations of the United States and our Middle Eastern allies and enemies and throw in the Russians uh, to to complicate things. So it pretty much mirrors a lot of what's going on now. But I read an interview with Claire Danes, who uh, plays Carrie Matheson, and she said, because, of course, the question was, uh, why ended it season eight? You know, <laughs> and she this wasn't the main reason, but she said the character of of uh, Carrie Matheson playing it was just so intense. You know, like, yeah, I can imagine. And, and that's, I guess, another one of the reasons why there's so much time between seasons um, that you probably have to decompress. And I don't know how I maybe, you know, when they're doing these like with Homeland are, and let's say that it's 12 episodes. I think it's probably 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. We're up to episode five. Are six through 12 already shot or are they still in the process of yeah, doing so, those? So that can depend. I mean, I think mainly depends on shows and budgets and time to time. Generally, they block you out for a set amount of time. And then shoot all the episodes and then release them right. sequentially. Okay. Uh, I imagine, because sometimes they have reshoots and things, but those tend to be longer form shows. So the CW Flash shows, those superhero shows, I think they have maybe a set amount shot and then they start releasing the others and if they have to do reshoots or edits or they may have those kind of built into your contract. So you mm -hmm. may have to have those... Uh, those options available but largely like when they shot game of thrones they shot it all at once and then oh game of, of thrones was, was done all at once and yeah then they, released. they okay. shot those for however many weeks they were on location can you imagine because that has to be a lot longer than a feature film would yeah, you think i i would imagine but some see some of these seasons are 10 episodes so that's you know, uh, it's 10 episodes and they may be done after their allotted time is shot. Right. And if you're a character, if you aren't as major of a character. Oh, you shoot your scenes and then you're, yeah, then you may you're be able finished. to leave. Okay. And then if they have to call you back, they'll call you back. But if you're on, say you're on a movie and that could be four months. Yeah. I and guess then right, right. they realize, you know, three months into editing, they've got to call you back and do reshoots and, and the like. So it, 
it's kind of um, I just imagine it depends on whether it's kind of a premium cable show or a sitcom or or what have you. All right, Parker. Well, thank you very much for that. Again, let's recap. Uh, you recommend for for those of us who have to stay in. You have Hunters. You have Altered Carbon. You have The Witcher, and you have Castlevania. And I, of course, recommend um, people if they have time and if they are fans to tune in to season eight of Homeland. So that will do it for us here, Parker. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to Second Acts. I'm your host, Linwood Lawton. Second Acts is recorded at the Macro Sound Studios in Union, New Jersey. And you can hear all of our podcasts on SoundCloud at Linwood Lawton Second Acts. See you next time. <laughs>